Gentlemen, and welcome to episode 66 of The Pond. My name is Colton Pagnot, joined always with the boys, Curtis Kennedy and Michael Polford. What up? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a special yep. episode because it is episode 66, and Kurt's going to, you know, if you don't know who uh, the, who Famous Hot is. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what, what uh, Famous Number is, uh, number 66, then Kurt's going to tell you in a sec. But it's also Kurt's, Kurt's birthday today. Wow. He's uh, hey. turning, it, turning the big 2-4. You know, um, so gonna have to get down to two four today, and then work oh. tomorrow. Um, <laughs> no, that'd be yeah. death, eh? Oh yeah. A two four Bud Light, probably oh, get it bad. down though. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah, it is. Doable. <laughs> We've seen it done before, oh, yeah. not on the birthday. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, we number, uh, no, episode sixty six, right? Yeah, yeah, it's sixty six. If yeah. you don't know, and you're a new fan, one of the all time greats, like Mike was saying, because I drew a blank on sixty six. I'm amateur. Mario Lemieux, one of the greats, arguably greatest of all time, arguably the greatest of all time. Yeah, but not a, an official retired jersey like Mike said, which is a good point because he did bring up the Josh Hosang shit. <laughs> yep, and he got absolutely roasted when he was in Islanders. When yeah. he was in Islanders, <laughs> he was in Islanders. <laughs> he was playing for the Islanders. Isn't he number ninety-seven now too? Is he actually? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like he might be. He's got to be still in the <laughs> AHL or something. Yeah, he's, he's been, playing for the Marlies. Yeah. True. He's um, been tossed around a little bit, and yeah. he was one of those guys that looked really, really gross. Just... Yeah. I don't remember if we talked about this back when he signed for the, the Leafs on a PTO, but oh, yeah. I thought that was a great signing for them. They have a couple guys in their AHL team. Like, if you can get Joe Ho- Josh Hosang actually fucking playing, um, the guy is like yeah. a top. He was a first-round pick. Like, this guy's very, very skilled. It's just... Sometimes you need to be humbled to to turn yeah. into a better player. I think like hit with him, it was a lot of like attitude issues and and all that stuff. Yeah. But sometimes you need to have, um, you know, people above you in a sense, not sounding like in a terrible way, but you know, that kind of bring you down and make you be a little bit more aware of. Yeah, down to earth. Yeah, down yeah. to earth. That's what I'm yeah. looking to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, and give you honestly, a slice of humble pie. Yeah. Going back to the number sixty-six, like. You see yeah, the reaction yeah. that the his teammates and like the league had after he well, tried to change to number sixty six. I think it's probably safe to say we're not going to see a number sixty six ever again. No, um, they should just officially retire it. Yeah, I don't know, I, I I'm don't actually not sure. I'm not sure when they retired ninety nine. Um, well, Lamorello went there, and he. Was, I'm pretty sure he was still with the Islanders, and Lamorello's yeah, yeah, not a guy <laughs> like that that takes that shit. So it's yeah. true. He'd yeah. be like one of Mario Lemieux's probably favorite fans, or so, you know, being division rival. Because I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he was a uh, Devils GM for a long, long yeah. time, for like tw- 10 yeah. plus years. And so you would have known playing against them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, boys. But, uh... but yeah, so, I mean, that being said, we uh, we have a lot of a lot to talk about. Um, some pretty serious stuff, and then some, you know, we're going to give a little injury update. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about hitting behind, as it seems to be a common occurrence almost... Every week at this point, which is absolutely ridiculous, but 
Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're just going to get into some other people that have been, you know, some signings, some like, you know, guys got paid. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into those, but I think, you know, the elephant in the room that we need to talk about, uh, that's been, you know, kind of the, the center of not only, uh, the NHL, uh, media world recently, but also just like in media in general, um, the whole Kyle Beach situation, which we know, know the John Doe's name is, uh. Kyle Beach, if you have not heard already, then you're probably under a rock, but, yeah. um, so where, where do you start with this? Um, um their 2010 run. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago so I Blackhawks. I guess just, just to, to give it some context, I guess this happened. Kyle Beach. I'm not sure. He went in the first round, like 17th overall. It was 11th, maybe? 11th, 11th overall. overall. Um, so he was a prospect round. in the organization, um, was one of the black aces with their team, like a healthy scratch that you bring along, kind of like the taxi squads the last couple of years for the playoff run. Um, and during that time was sexually assaulted by a video coach, Brad Aldrich. Yeah. Um, which was subsequently swept under the rug by a combination of the coach, Joel Quenville, the GM, Stan Bowman, and upper management. Um, and fairly effectively, because really we, we started hearing stuff about this Probably near the decade, end of last season. Yeah, it's a decade right? from the incident. Yeah, yeah. So so there's been a, an independent report, investigation into it, um, and there's been some massive fallout. Joel Quenville, out as the coach of the Panthers. Um, Stan Bowman, most of the, the front office from Chicago that were there at the time have had to step down or have been fired. Um, and, I mean, there, it's possible we're going we're gonna to see more to do with it. Um, yeah. Chevel Dayov in... in uh, Winnipeg was let off the hook on it. Not super clear as to why. Um, it said, yeah, Batman had said that it was out of like his jurisdiction, be- or like Shovel Day Off couldn't have done anything that they so said. Here's what confused me about like, it. Weird. Is say. that the, also what they said is the only person that placed because basically what they said is there was a meeting with Quenville yeah. and management where they decided, look, like basically what was said was we could, we could win the cup this year. Let's not sacrifice that for this. Let's just ignore it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that meeting was kind of what incriminated all the people. And so in the report, they said the only person that placed Chevel Dayoff in that meeting was Chevel Dayoff. Right. Nobody else said he was there. Right. But it's like, if he said he was there, may like... He wasn't would maybe he, not he have just been didn't there? know what the meeting what like what meeting it yeah was. I was gonna like, say it could have like, been a different meeting that he's like yeah, yeah I was there and then in reality he was just I feel like you remember whether you were in that meeting or not though because well he, well it, I don't know like I feel like hockey culture is different at that time where it's nowadays it's very like taboo to to do that stuff but like it's like going back ten years too NHL's way more I don't know. I feel like the game has come a long way, even though this hinders, like, some of the movements that they've done recently. I think the NHL is a lot better nowadays, but, yeah. Oh, and I, and, like, I, th- I just think it was a different situation 10 years ago. That's why I'm, like, well, and I, I think like people would be more hesitant to speak about that stuff. Maybe. Oh, for sure. And, That's and why. like, you saying that the NHL is better nowadays, the, the NHL will be better for this happening. 100%, yeah, exactly. I'm right? not saying they're they're great or anything, yeah. but like yeah. in terms of although where they've come. Having said that, what the I'm NHL has actually done is yeah, negligible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. like it was definitely way worse um, back then. So, and here's a couple things. Is first, 
the the NHL has fined the Blackhawks two million dollars. Yeah, which is which ridiculous. is nothing. Yeah, and like that's kind of pathetic. It's yeah. it's not really meaningful. Draft pick suspension. Um, it yeah. should be. Yeah. The other thing that's iffy is John Doe two, who was a, a junior player, or was he in college, or was he uh, in the AHL affiliate? Um, yeah, but you... basically was also assaulted by the same guy um, who had got that job because of a, a, a strong reference from the Chicago organization. Um, and the Ch- Chicago and the NHL have basically refused to offer help or like service to that second victim because they are saying, oh, it's not, it wasn't in the NHL, it's not our jurisdiction, blah, blah, blah. But they were giving them positive giving the guy a positive reference when really this guy shouldn't have been able to fucking get the time of day from anybody. Yeah. Um, the thing so, that, well, you shouldn't, like have, the, shouldn't have had the time of day at all. No. You should have and been in jail. The, so the right? NHL, I think, in a lot yeah. of ways is just trying to deflect blame here. Yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah. And I, honestly, I feel like it's been a terrible shit. look. Terrible, terrible look for the NHL. Um, Gary Bettman, obviously, his primary job is actually to protect the business interests of the owners and not necessarily the league. So... In the short term, maybe he sees this as the best course of action, but I think it's extremely short-sighted because in the long term, your league has to be palatable to a large audience if you're trying to grow the league. And scandals like this are things like the NHL doesn't ever feel like they do enough to prevent it from happening again. Right. And it's like five years from now, there's going to just be another thing. Like bullshit. Like they're fucking, they're just... Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't up. defending them at no, all. No, I know, like, but I then also, like, you get the whole ten years ago. Akeem Aliou, Aliou yeah, thing going yeah. on right now. The NHL's basically just making shit up yeah. Yeah. about what they're saying to him and his representatives. So it's like, man, it's going to be, it's, it feels like it's just one thing after another, and they're not really putting the effort into making meaningful change within the league, yeah. which yeah. I think is definitely a problem. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm saying it, I think it was it would have been easier for them to just walk him out the front door that yeah. day when they found out. Yeah. Well, I just like what I was trying to say with the other stuff is like nowadays like people are more comfortable to come out and say that stuff like in hockey culture everything would yeah. be just smothered. No, yeah. it is true. There it was a true. thing with the Kitchener Rangers too with the with the player like getting locked in and like yeah. having like the same thing like mad sexual assault case like got forced to do cocaine and everything uh, by the teammates and everything sexual assault and everything. And people are, it's good that people are more confident to talk about it now, but it shouldn't happen regardless. Yeah. yeah. And, and when it, if it does happen, because there's always a bunch of different people, they should have just walked him out the door and the Chicago Blackhawks would have been a staple for how they, you're supposed to treat yeah. these things. And how you're supposed totally. to And now they're the like situation. the complete one that you look at and don't, don't fucking yeah. do that. Cause you're, you're stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it taints that, those cups. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, not only was And he shout there. out to the owner too. Yeah, for yeah. Uh, reaching out. Like, and... I don't know if he knew about it and everything. I haven't gotten so deep, like, to figure out who knew about yeah. it and everything. But he did reach out to the Hall of Fame and yeah. asked yeah. to have Brad Aldrich's name removed. And I think that would be a good win for Kyle Beach. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what? definitely. And, and there's, there's a lot of people that think that, you know, uh, that his name shouldn't be taken off the cup and stuff like that. Like, it's, you know. No. And, and it's just, if you're trying to find any sort of, like... Like if you're trying to be the devil's advocate in this situation whatsoever, then you're just it, it's you're just flat out wrong. Like the people, there's, yeah. this there's case, people, the devil doesn't need people that are like, oh, yo, man, man up and everything. No. This is the argument that I have for you. All right, let's see it happen to you, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Let's see it happen to someone that you care about, yeah. Yeah. or your kids. And then suddenly, yeah. I feel like people nowadays, like they, 
there's so much you can see around the world that they don't actually put that perspective into their own life. Yeah. Life, like it's almost fake. It doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, they just I don't gotta, believe in it. It's I just a story it's made just, up. Just, yeah. yeah, they don't see it, so it's it's not yeah. real, and, and that's what is pissing. The like, the two people or groups that I think I've been really really impressed by in this whole situation. First of all was the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Specifically Taylor Hall, I think he gave a really, really good answer um, when he was asked about it in a media availability. But also, the Boston Bruins as a team basically decided, they said, as a team, it's important that we sit down and we watch this all together. Yeah. Um, and so they clearly took it very seriously and want to grow as like an organization within the league because of that. And then also John Tortorella, man. It's like, who yeah. would have thought this guy would be the fucking moral compass of the league? But he, was very, very simple, basically said, look, like, how is it that not one single person was just like, no, this is fucked up. Yeah. Walk him out the door. Yeah. You I think, like, yeah, it shows yeah. that John Tortorella yeah. may not be that bad guy that everyone yeah. had, like, painted him to be. Like, he's definitely hard-ass yeah. and will say some shit, but... Yeah. I don't think he's like the type of person Definitely. that would let that shit I think, slide in yeah, his locker He's a hard room. ass, yeah. but I feel like he has a good good idea of like where hockey ends and life begins. Yeah. Right. Some, oh, yeah. things, some things yeah. are bigger than hockey and much, much more important. And, and it's a lot clear of, yeah. that this was one of those cases and hockey was put first. Yeah, It's like um, a lot of things you got to separate work from yeah. from your own life. And, yeah. and even when the two paths cross, you know. Yeah, like, and, and it's. I it gained was, respect for Tortorella too. Same, and, yeah, and also lost Ryan. some for Jonathan Taze. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just didn't really like what he had said. Yeah, but. there's that, that was the one thing I was going to touch on too is that it was not even like six months ago that there were uh, like said in interviews that. Uh, Nobody knew about this. About yeah, there were Jonathan Taves, Dun- Duncan Keith, um, I believe Patrick Kane gave an interview too. Just pretty yeah. much all three of them saying that they had like they had never heard about the situation. Still trying to, to cover it up, um, you know, still. And now when everything comes to the surface, it's now they're they're just kind of keeping their mouths shut and don't yeah. really have well, anything yeah. to say. And about I think, it. Like, I think it too, bad. there's yeah. like, in hindsight, you're looking back, there's a lot of really, really iffy things there. Like, there's a photo with the cup in the locker room after they won that year. Yeah. And on their, like, um, oh, like yeah. depth chart yeah. board, because they were playing, Chris Pronger was on Philadelphia at the time. Someone had written, is gay, beside Pronger's name. Yeah. yeah. Just shit like that, because apparently there were slurs being thrown around on the ice during practices at Kyle Beach, yeah. Yeah. which directly contradicts what Kane said, I think, this week, where he was like, I didn't know who John Doe was until he came out and said yeah. it. And right. it was like, yo, like, some people have said the locker room knew completely, and some people like Patty Kane, and it seems the more prominent and more successful the player is, the less likely they are to have acknowledge the fact that this was even an issue that was known about yeah yeah it so, makes it's too bad man yeah, the like, argument too of oh why do hockey players wear suits before games and people would usually say because it's like gentlemen like and in a way hockey can be some of the most toxic culture out there like we've yeah. all played hockey i've played organized yeah hockey. oh yeah yeah. Not that I've been, like, affected by it, but I've seen, yeah, like, definitely. everyone, it, you know sport culture, it can get really, emotions come out, and especially when people are like, oh, it's a joke, and it's a joke, and it, well, if it's a joke, people keep joking about it and everything, and, you know, yeah, yeah. I, it's just toxic sometimes, yeah. so. Yeah, and the most heartbreaking Look thing Look at about Kyle the, Beach, man, he actually dude. looks like he's physically, like, it could have ruined his career and physically, like, actually yeah. distraught about, like, I would be too. Well, and yeah. that's what, one of the most devastating things about it, I was talking to you about it, Colton, is yeah. that they, in the report from Chicago's AHL affiliate the next year, 
um, Kyle Beach was struggling, barely oh, yeah. cracking the yeah. HL roster, and one of their coaches, in a written report, said he's clearly still affected by the the incident from last year. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not not having trouble getting past it. It's off the edge. So he would have known about it. Back. So not only did is it clear that a lot of people knew about what had happened. Yeah, but they weren't really doing anything about it, and it was clearly affecting him in a big, big way. Oh yeah, and it, that's that's the, still ten years ago. Yeah, and yeah. it's devastating that it went from what had happened to that to him just not having an NHL career. I yeah. saw which Twitter is really where like where it is. Yeah. It's like man, it's like this guy's career, like his dream, basically probably was ruined. Yeah, for all what. Be- yeah, and and just because a bunch of a bunch of people that because nobody didn't wanted want to, to confront their... the issue, that's why yeah. nobody yeah, wanted to have that conversation. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and it shows a lot about your morals as a person. And yeah, yeah Quenville wasn't like the one, but he had to be fired. It was a, it was an embarrassment to the NHL too that they let him go out that game and, and coach, coach it. Yeah, yeah, against Boston, that was yeah. just yeah. disgusting. Like I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how, as a human being, you, like you can live with yourself for ten years and bury that, and yeah, you yeah, just seriously. don't attribute it to your That's own. That's the life. other thing: how like, it went that long with nobody saying anything about yeah. it. Yeah, well, I saw guys. a Twitter thread, and it was all these like articles over the years since Kyle Beach had made it into the league yeah. and the incident mm-hmm. happened, oh, and they were just burying him, yeah. Yeah. him being the biggest bust and everything. And it was perspective for you really don't know. Yeah, what's I, going on in someone's life and yeah man that that's probably the shit that like mentally we're lo- like lucky to still have kyle beach here like yeah yeah, yeah seriously like, yeah man yeah you see that type of thing like that's really really tough yeah and that's that's what i, I said on twitter i was saying you know that was you got to think about the stuff that happened internally in the dressing room or what happened when he got sent down uh to the ahl so he has to deal with that front and then not being taken seriously from the people that are supposed to like when you're on a team everybody around you is supposed to be your friend is supposed to be your family right and then not only that but to have the media start to to post shit about you and beat writers constantly shitting on you about not performing when they don't even know half the story you know that's what really sucks about the jonathan like the teammates of this guy that they're supposed to be your teammates exactly yeah oh we're a family in this locker room they didn't give a fuck about yeah it's like jonathan like jonathan taze that's your captain that's supposed to be the guy that's leading you into the into battle every single night and the guy's saying that he had nothing he had no idea meanwhile he was probably one of the first people to know about it outside of management you know like it's yeah. it's fucked. Well, and that's where it's unclear. The report didn't go into like which team members or if team members knew. Um, that's more from members of that team that are no longer in the league that have said no. It was well known, discussed in the locker room. But then current players like your Jonathan Taves, your Patty Kane, have said no. Like I didn't know anything about it until more recently and it's like okay well one of you's lying out your ass yeah, yeah well, and that's the thing there's no guess who i think it probably there's is. no fight back from these people when these people come out in the nhl akima lou and kyle b you don't see any bite back from the other side because they know dead ass that they're yeah. fucking caught in the middle of, like yeah they did something terrible yeah and there's you dig yourself even further you look like even more of a bigger shit yeah well yeah and i think taylor hall put it well it's like there's an, there is an old boys club in hockey man people protect yeah. each other yeah. yeah and it's it's uh like who you know sort of thing right so yeah. 
and very very difficult like taking to the match to, out of a line yeah it's stop, very difficult stop to, the culture here hopefully yeah. this is a pivoting point for the nhl hopefully. yeah and, and that's we can only hope as fans of the game and hope hopefully that this not only changes the way that uh the nhl functions in a internal basis but also just hockey culture in general general happening across all over the world because we know that this shit is still going on yeah. Who wants Not to even just kid, in North yeah. America, right? So, Who wants to put their kid in youth hockey when you hear stories like this? Yeah, like, exactly. Like I know not everyone is like that, but when people are skeptical, how, yeah. how can you blame well, them? Well, that's the thing. If, it, ha- like if it can happen at the highest level, too. Yeah. I mean, we've heard what our fair share right? of shit in like junior oh, yeah. hockey going around like the CHL and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, like there's there's a lot there's a lot going on there, and I think hockey as a community needs to needs to yeah. take a look at themselves need to grow up yeah needs yeah. to grow up take it a little bit more seriously you know because people are, i think it clearly yeah. hasn't been taken seriously enough in the yeah. past yeah i agree but i think uh like bottom line of the situation is that i mean it, it's just kind of i think we're all glad that this finally came to light and is actually uh like being looked at as a serious issue now and we hope that uh kyle beach's rest of his life he can move past this and hopefully have a a good rest of his career and you know because it's horrible the shit that he had to go through and hopefully nobody else ever not just in the hockey world just in general has to deal with you know this kind of a thing so um but yeah we i think we've said our our piece about it we can kind of you know move on and get to a little bit of a you know lighter notes uh for the rest of the episode but um we'll go into the injury stuff we have uh unfortunately a few injuries that are really not good for a few teams and, and some players as well. Um, so we talked last week about the Drew Doughty hit um, and how it was a little bit of a knee on knee and we didn't think that uh, it looked all that bad. But uh, turns out that Drew Doughty is going to be at least eight weeks until he returns, um, which I think eight Scott, weeks is, yeah. is a little bit of a, on the, the small side in terms of what they said that they were looking at. Some, Shin bone contusion. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is, is like better than a knee. It's right. basically probably it was. Right. It sounds like it sounds like it was the stage right before your bone breaks, like your bone bruises like right below your knee. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it, like a bone bruise, like a bone bruise is technically considered a, a partial break. It's just not a break all the way yeah, through. Yeah, it's not. A, yeah. Hmm. So <clears throat> it's like damaging of your bone. Okay. To the the fact that it treats it like a break, mm-hmm. so sometimes you might not actually have a broken bone, but you have like a bone contusion, and it's it's still really painful. Like you limited mobility. And oh, everything. for sure. Limited yeah. weight and yeah, definitely not. It's skating. like weakening That's that sure. weakening that area without breaking it all the way through. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, and that's actually Drew Doughty being out. Also, Sean Walker, the other uh, defenseman that is supposed to be or was actually having a pretty good season with LA was also out I think the week before that with a injury so their their defi- yeah. like their D-line is just taking yeah, a hit right some now, other so. injuries too Byfield obviously out yeah. Victor Arvidsson's out now yeah. man like yeah so they're having some trouble there and they they were looking to have a like kind of bounce back season this year and now it's kind of being put on hold because of these yeah um, I'm pretty sure the expectation was that they were going to at least make the playoffs that's what they said that they that was their yeah. like yeah I don't know I don't know if that's playoffs, actually that realistic but that was what their GM said yeah give it so. a shot yeah yeah um and then Vegas uh, just can't catch a break at this point with the injuries. Uh, but 
I mean, you know who can catch a break? Uh, William Carlson, broken foot. Oof. Uh, so he's out at least four to six weeks um, after taking a, just a clapper right to the foot. That never feels good. Dude, okay. I don't understand why everyone doesn't just wear those fucking foot protector things. Like the thin, like, yeah. clear things? Like over your skates. Yeah, it doesn't I, it, it doesn't hamper your skating at all, does it? it I feel like Yeah, I don't know. I think it does. Like it you can feel it. Like I don't know. my 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 understanding of it is that it was similar to like wearing a cage or wearing a visor where it's just like doesn't look I good. think it depends on how loose yeah. you probably wear your skates and like if you I don't know. Maybe it doesn't do anything yeah. at all, but because like, I've seen people that are coming back from broken feet that will wear one. Oh yeah, and then they take it off once they're healed, and it's like, dude, if you can play with it, just keep it on. You know? Yeah, it might just, it might just be one of those things that is harder to adjust to. Like when you like, played your whole life without yeah. something, but and dude, you put it's it on. just an extra layer on your skate. Like it really cannot may, make may, that. It much might of be a also the fact where people are just like, "I'm gonna look like a bitch if I." Yeah, wear this. well, that's exactly it. And I'm like, "Yo, you're gonna look like more yeah. of a bitch if you miss half the season with a yeah. broken yeah, foot." Yeah, I don't know. I guess <laughs> for, I literally like, was personal thinking about experience that. wise, we have well, no we, idea. Yeah, what those. yeah, no, Playing I never the other day, them. like Colton and I are in uh, like an actual hockey league. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Like, if I just took a clapper right now and I had a broken bone, I'd be out. And not working for, like, a month. Yeah. Some of these guys go out there, and that's how they get their paycheck, is by breaking their bones, you know? They go out and leap, uh, like, yeah. block shots, and that's how they get, like, stay in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, kudos to them, but I ain't fucking laying out for any shots. <laughs> yeah, 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 not Got in a beer something, league. something yeah. weird going on up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's so yeah. got to suck, too, because, like, if you take... Anyone's ever taken a good clapper off the foot, you're will swell up. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Try, just trying to get, get your boot. Off. Yeah, just trying to get the foot say, out of the boots. I to leave fucked. your skate on. Type yeah, of thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait yeah. until it settles down a little bit. But um, so yeah, and that's I mean Carlson on injuries on top of already having Pacioretty out, Stone out, um, Martinez. Yeah, Martinez. Alex Tuck. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, White Clouds out as well. Riley as well. So they're they're playing not the same squad that they had. Like, literally um, all their best players other than Petrangelo. Yeah, yeah. That's Pretty much. And Marcia so, I guess. Yeah, and you know what? Petrangelo is also not... Uh, he he gets injured from time to time, too. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, who knows? Um, Maybe it's a good thing because they really weren't playing good hockey together anyways. Yeah, yeah well, hey, better now than um, the end of the season. Right? Yeah, exactly. There's still Get so your much injuries out, left. And hopefully that's basically it for you. Yeah. And then turn it on and... It yeah. looks like their guys just didn't have gas in the tank to get the season going. Yeah. yeah. Looked like they were really, you know, sometimes those good teams really honeymoon during the summer. And, yeah. you know, well, the bad teams it. are the guys that are training yeah. for the last month of the summer before everyone else is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see who's dedicated when they start their training videos, like August 10th or something. They're getting ready slowly for the season, right? PKC. Yeah, they're training yeah, videos, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, honestly, he, he doesn't look like P.K. Subban, but he, he look looks like an NHL defenseman this year. He doesn't look like year. shit this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he actually looks like he should play in the NHL, so yeah. good for him. Yeah. Um, but Anyways. He lost right him, <laughs> buddy, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, not to stray too far off the path, Uh so Jack Hughes out at least five weeks. Yep, dislocated um, shoulder doesn't need yeah, surgery though. Yeah, doesn't need. It's apparently it's stable, but they just don't want to take any chances with it. Which, to be honest, New Jersey not really in a position to go far uh, into a playoff run anyways. So probably yeah. for the best to protect, maybe potentially the best player on your team in a couple years. So yeah. um, 
That's what your shoulders only yeah. supported by muscles. Dude, yeah, yeah, you really don't want to like, fuck with dislocations either. I no. know a couple people like not even playing hockey, like playing soccer and shit. Yeah, that you dislocate it once, you come back too early, dislocate it a second time, and then the muscles don't like Grab heal on. in the correct yeah. correct yeah. way. And then it's just as easy as like falling on your shoulder, dislocated. Yeah, it limits your mobility. Yeah. Where even if it isn't something that requires, like you can walk with your shoulder being dislocated, yeah. but like running, str- like skating, well, all that shit is you like you wouldn't be able to play with it. And then if, if it gets to that point where it's easily dislocated, like I know a guy, he dislocated his shoulder three times in one soccer season. Oof, right. And there's not really much in soccer other than falling down that like Actually, could dislocate a yeah. shoulder. And hockey man, if it gets to that point, you take a hit pop you're done well and sometimes sometimes it can be one hit yeah that no no, no exactly especially if it's be a recurring injury so this is something you definitely want to make sure gets healed 100 percent before he comes back because if yeah. you re-injure it you're looking at a career worth of injuries I yeah think. yeah it's true and uh the other one this isn't even necessarily an injury but it's something noteworthy that i thought i'd mention as well um connor hellebuck's having a baby today so he's not oh. going to be playing not going to be playing, so congratulations to him. Sewering my fantasy team once yeah. again. <laughs> Thanks for having a kid, asshole. <laughs> no. no, but congratulations <laughs> to uh, Connor and the and the family. Um, nice. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's getting that out of the way. Um, so moving on, something that I wanted to mention uh, this episode because I feel like it's happening more and more recently, and it's kind of long injury front as well. Um, hitting from behind in the last couple weeks has been, uh, almost happening on a nightly basis. Um, suspension worthy. Yeah. yeah like, I, that's oh, what yeah. it is. Like, yeah. I suspension worthy hits. that many like this. Either. Yeah. No. And I feel like, and, and you know what, maybe we can, we can start diving into it for the last little bit, but I have three different situations, all three of them. If you have, if you don't know of the hits or you haven't seen the videos yet, Go on to Twitter or go on to even Google and just type them in. Uh, you'll be able to find the clips pop up because a lot of people have been talking about it. So and this is starting the like just this season so far, yeah, yeah. and this is this is not even just like these are the noteworthy ones where this is like as bad as you can get in terms of hitting from behind. Um, so the first one is the um, Matthew Joseph hit on Dylan Larkin, which we've all seen the yeah. clip now of when he got boarded and then he wires cross, Larkin gets up and just clotheslines yeah. Joseph, which to be honest... Loved that. Yeah, you know what? Kind of... <laughs> Loved that. <laughs> although, yeah, you know you're going to get penalized for that. I think everybody kind of want, what That would have been the reaction of about 90% of people if they were in <laughs> Larkin's uh, situation there. Um, the other one is the... Um, the Duhame hit on Bowen Byram behind the net where he was going around to get a puck. He was a little off balance and Duhame gave him a little cross check right in the numbers and fucking just, just absolutely like, yeah, not good, not good situation. Um, and then the other one, which this is, this actually just happened and, and, uh, we can talk about this because I feel like this is a really good example of something where we're kind of confused as a fan, um, in terms of what's punishable and what's not the, um, Cedric Paquette hit on Trevor yeah. Zegris that got Trying him a two-game game suspension. Yeah. So um, the one thing that I think potentially some people are starting to lean on more, uh, and I, I could be very well wrong about this, but it's something that I, I've started to notice, is that since over the summer when the GMs got together and started to talk about cross-checking Dude. and tried to take it out of the league, I think people are starting to to find other ways of trying to not necessarily inflict pain onto players, but maybe add a little bit more grittiness because 
for a lot of these players, a big part of their defensive game was being able to cross-check in front of the net, being able to cross-check in the corners. Um, we even saw last uh, last year during the playoffs, was it, that Kucherov got a cross-check right in, and broke ribs um, because of it. So getting that out of the, the league and out of the game is something that needed to happen because yeah. we've seen way too many injuries with this, right? Yeah. Um, hitting behind seems to be the new thing plaguing well, almost dude, every game. Yeah, it's funny you like, say that because I had the exact same thought and like we hadn't talked about this prior. No, to this. we hadn't. Because um, my thought was, if you're going, if you're as as a defender going into the corner, going along the boards bes- behind someone, I guess it used to be, you know, you would have your stick in their back and you'd be able to control them that way, right? Yeah. Not necessarily like a real shot that would send them into the boards, but just kind of like put pressure on them and bring them into the boards like that if you're not allowed to do that anymore what do you do instead you hit them yeah and there's a lot of hits right in the numbers well and that's the thing is that a lot of them aren't taking place where the person's like up against the boards they're like boarding calls where the guy's like coming five like five four four five five feet feet, yeah yeah, from the boards and they're getting uh, hit and going teeth first in spin chicklets the nick paul it's right behind the glass yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one and that like Dude, Dude, that's like Ovechkin's a fucking lining up from the fucking yeah. hash marks. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And it's like, I don't know if that's a suspension, but that definitely that's a fucking a boarding penalty. penalty. That's Dude. definitely like yeah. a charging, and, at least, yeah. and a boarding penalty. And so the yeah. thing is, at least there are rules in the game to, like, already enforce that. It's but that just, wasn't even gonna, a call. No, I know. That's they're where just it's like the refs to, are, like, They're going to have to start calling them more. Yeah. Because, assuming people are moving a little bit away from cross-checking as well, but definitely a problem because those are, like... I think probably the most dangerous hits left in the game, right? Yeah. It's like we've your head for the leads most to every part, hit. Yeah, we're by the most part we've eliminated hits to the head like open ice just kill someone hits. Yeah. Um so the next really big thing is driving people into the boards and we're seeing it way way too much like yeah. you're going to see someone break their fucking neck. Well, and like I think the biggest like the biggest thing that I wanted to touch on because I feel like this has been so relevant this season so far is when it comes to punishments um, and and just the NHL's ability to make decisions in terms of what is punishable and what's not. Yeah. Like... Oh, dude. The, the Department of Player Safety is Absolute just... Absolute joke. It, Absolute they, there is, joke. It seems almost like they're... And I don't know. It seems like there is some sort of motive behind every single either non-punishment given out yeah. or punishment given out because... There's some players that will do it on a nightly basis, and there's some players who it's like their first time having kind of a, a bad hit like this. Well, dude. And some first-time offenders are getting treated like they yeah. do this all the time, and some people that hit all the time are treated like they're absolute angels. Well, bro, it's we like, watched like two or three Tampa Bay games in a row last oh, week. Oh, we're Stamkos. Every just, single game, Stammer yeah. did something that yeah. was like, that's at least a penalty. And Superstar, though. Potentially, yeah, exactly. like, at least yeah. fine-worthy. Yeah, um, Stamkos. But no, I mean, fucking yeah. what's his name is a complete moron. George yeah. Peros. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an absolute joke that he's still the head of player safety. Yeah, because um, it seems it seems like nowadays that player safety is not yeah. the number one priority. Like no, it, it seems like isn't. it seems like it's more of a like a a PR thing to be like, all right, well, if we suspend this guy, then everybody's going to be mad at us. So I feel we like, shouldn't do that. You know? I feel like, like the optics of being like, oh, George Peros, Peros, one of the hardest, toughest nails guys out there is the player of uh safety and it's like yeah that's fucking clearly why and they say this is a good reason that's clearly why he shouldn't be yeah because he's putting his line life on the line 
for all these fucking plays that should have been penalties. Yeah, that yeah. shouldn't have well, been. But that was he, the culture he, when like, he played. What? He, he literally has a company that profits yeah. off violence in hockey, yeah. basically, right? Like, yeah. make hockey violent again. And yeah. it's like... That, I'm sorry, that That's right what I there mean. should he's, disqualify him. Yeah. He's like, going to be sorry. one of those guys that goes, well, hockey was a lot tougher. You yeah. should have seen the fucking hits that Scott Stevens was laying on Paul Correa. It's like everyone has seen that, buddy, and that's yeah. why that <laughs> superstars don't that's, stay around. That's why Eric Lindros had a four-season career, yeah. man. Like, yeah, it's, I think, uh, and this is the most frustrating part as a fan, okay, is that the Department of Player Safety will release a video whenever they give out a suspension. With They pretty much break it down. They they give out... like the, the starting of the videos are like... So, here are the facts. This happened. This happened. This player hit this. The main point of contact was the head or was this. Um, and this is how many games he's being suspended. But the teams will watch that. Like yeah, the well, coaches show their players that so they know. Like they it's, know. it's good to have yeah. that knowledge for, for a fan for a player, for a coach, anybody in the NHL, right? But the thing that is most frustrating, especially as a fan, is that when it's the other way and there's a hit or a controversial play that happens and there's no suspension, there's no like uh, explanation as to why it's not a suspension. Yeah. So there's a big gray area of, That's oh, true. okay, so, well, why was that not, right? Yeah. Because... If you look at, for example, the Stamkos hit on Gerard uh, a couple weeks ago, where Gerard got boarded and it was a hit from behind, and Gerard was out for a couple games, it's there was no explanation. It was there was no like yeah, statement, yeah. nothing, right? Um, then you get the uh, Matthew Joseph hit on Dylan Larkin, no punishment whatsoever for that either, you know. Yeah. And then the uh, Duhame hit on Byram, very dangerous play. No explanation given as to why it wasn't a suspension. Yeah. And then it's like they need like a similar to what the NBA does or did with their last two minute report, where they go through and like will list and give reasons for those things regardless of whether it's suspension worthy or not. Exactly. We said this yeah. before. Yeah. The refs should have to answer the, if teams are answering the media. Refs refs are answering the media, yeah. in my opinion. Well, and yeah, like because... some of these calls, it's like fine. You didn't call it on the ice. Like maybe yeah. you didn't see it. Whatever. But oh, yeah. that's what Department of Player Safety is there for. Exactly. They are supposed to be the ones to fill in the blanks in terms of if there is, uh, like you know, a miscommunication between, like let's say, a team and a. a a ref or whatever, then there's something to be able to be like, okay, this is why it wasn't, you know, yeah. because people would not get frustrated with the league. If there was an explanation being like, this is why this is not, or this is why this is, you know, I feel is, like they, you know? I understand why they don't. Cause it would probably create even more arguments. There'd yeah, be people it, it on just, both sides, but it, they still should yeah. do it. That doesn't, mean, exactly. you that doesn't mean you don't do it. The yeah. Department of Player Safety has no accountability yeah. in exactly. terms of what decisions yeah. they make. And, yeah. and they're, like, the Department of Player Safety is literally, it's in their name. It's to keep the what players do safe. Do? What do they do? Because they're, they're only giving out suspensions every couple times a week. What do they do the other times? Just watch games and just... Well, yeah, that's okay. Well, it's like, okay, if if they're trying to say, oh, well, there's too many things that happen, at, then hire more people, man. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. That's the point of your job is to yeah. is to make are... sure that the players are staying safe. And hits like what what I like those three hits that I listed are ones that are going to potentially end people's careers. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like the and I'm not even saying this just because I I love Colorado, but that Duhame hit on Byram could have like broken his neck. Yeah. Like, because he went yeah, in fucking with, head first into the boards like, while he's off balance. As well. it's yeah. Like, that's not what you want. You cannot, like, and it, yeah. the funny part is, is that it's like, well, it's not funny. I shouldn't say it like that. But the, the worst part about it is, is that 
There's no, like, if people get hurt, sometimes that is the, the decision, like, that is the deal the breaker on factor, yeah. if somebody is suspended or even gets a major penalty or not. If the or person gets up. change. If the, yeah, like, if the person doesn't get up, then somebody might have been suspended where if, like, for example, if Byram wouldn't have gotten up after that hit, would there have been a suspension? Panarin, Maybe. Panarin probably. doesn't get up last year in the yeah. Tom Wilson thing. Yeah, then, then is there a suspension, yeah. you know? I it's, find it... That is the most frustrating part Definitely. of the whole thing. It's like somebody's status after a dangerous play yeah. determines whether or not somebody gets suspended. How is that, like, yeah. what, you want to wait for somebody also, to die? And then, exactly. like, yeah, come yeah. on, man. Come on. I don't know. With the NHL, we've all known it because we didn't watch... There was no Olympic hockey the last Winter Olympic. Why are they making such a big deal to ha- like send these guys over the across the seas and play in the Olympics because of insurance and everything? They don't even <laughs> fucking protect their guys in their own yeah, league. Yeah, in their yeah. own league. Like You're not even oh. looking out for the guys that make you all this money. It would be in your best incentive to take these hits out of the game, and yeah, it's going to suck for a year or two, and there's going to be controversy... But look at it now. Like Mike said, we're not seeing as many headshots yeah. other than the stamp code. Like, we still definitely see them. Yeah. But before, they were more frequent and uncalled. Well, dude. I you think don't you even watch too. you out for your players. Bro, you go, like, back, you go back 15 years, how many elbows you see a game? Oh, you yeah. You barely see an elbow anymore. Yeah. Right? Oh, definitely it's not. Like yeah. Almost never. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that difficult to change. You just have to actually change it's, it. It's, yeah. And that's the thing, is that we just got rid of cross-checking. Okay, good. Now the game is going to be better for it. There's not going to be that Nikita Kucherov broken rib situation yeah. anymore. Not be unless going back surgeries this season. Yeah, and if there is, if somebody decides, all right, yeah, I'm going to cross-check, you're going to get punished for it. Yeah. And that is the important part, is that they need to do things to make players second like just think one more time before they decide to make a hockey play you take out those guys that have their wires crossed like fucking bennington yeah yeah like yeah it's yeah it's and although having said that it is also frustrating because you know come playoffs all that shit's gonna go out the window yeah which is is a whole different conversation game one of the playoffs cross checks to the teeth yeah and that's the thing it's a whole different conversation to get into that but i feel like most like the most relevant issue yeah refing in general and like mike and i were watching a game the other day and there was a nothing call and I was just Dude, poking yeah. around. I was like diving the one time. Yeah, I was like, "Yo, like he clearly well, just got he's trapped. drawing a lot yeah. of penalties doesn't mean he's." Yeah, dying. we were like, "Dude, that's a penalty," and I literally joked around, but it actually has like merit to it because it's so crazy. I was like, "Oh, it's probably for from last game from the the one they didn't call." Yeah, <laughs> they're, like they're probably like the game management and everything. It's like yeah, Mike it's talks wild. about too. Yeah. It's it fucking embarrassing. It needs like yeah. a complete. You know, rework. There's no game yeah. management. You fucking yeah. manage the game by calling the penalties when they're there. You yeah. don't just man. Oh, well, oh, this team's going down. Like, and you're effectively... you can see it in games. Like, yeah. not not that I'm a Sens fan, and obviously they're a young team. I don't give a fuck that they lost anymore. But there was one where you could see all of a sudden there was it was the Stutzla game where he was diving. Like he did dive the first one. Mm-hmm. Like honest to God, he did dive a little bit the first one, but they got a penalty. Okay, but then as soon as New York scored with five minutes left. There was one where it was actually like in his like skates and everything, like and legitimately tripped him. But like because of the game management, they decided to make that call from the first one where he dove in the last five minutes of the game, and New York ended up coming back yeah. and winning. And yeah. it's like, I, whatever. That, see, that's but not that, even game that just changes. At that point. No, you it changes the total them, yeah. exactly. It changes the game completely. Yeah. You should have just called it 
you should there just be should no gimme back and forth. Yeah. It should it's just yeah. not like that. That's the, the way that it should work is, and the thing that sucks is that I I feel like um, the NHL too is trying to like they're trying to speed the game up, right? And it's like if they're constantly having to stop play to to whistle and draw a penalty, then whatever. But there needs to be clear like if there's a rule you cannot trip then when a trip happens you call it it's like yeah. the nfl when a, an infraction happens the flag goes out yeah penalty dude, you know dude, and like, like if you want to make the game faster let the good fast players play fast yeah instead and, of yeah. fucking Connor mcdavid skating down the ice with someone holding onto his jersey keeping yeah. up with him from behind exactly and yeah. in the that's slowing the game down actually yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like in the nfl too which is really good uh if there's a penalty on the like one guy throws the flag and the good thing about the nfl they'll all convene and they'll collectively come to an agreement was that actually from all different angles did you think it was a penalty and i'm pretty sure i don't know if it is how it works but majority might rule or something yeah or and like, then some, like a lot of the times they take saw. the penalty back or something yeah like there was one of not to get into football but you're not allowed to hit the the quarterback and the guy fell onto him and the one guy threw his his flag up and said that was roughing the passer because he landed on him but it's also you got to tackle the guy too. Yeah. And they all came together like, oh, and said that's yeah. not actually a penalty and yeah. everyone agreed and moved on. And that's yeah. that's what they should do. Yeah. Only having two referees 95% of the time the ref sitting right beside the penalty isn't the one that calls the penalty. It's the guy down the ice. Yeah. Which yeah. is something that anyone can watch in the games and it's just kind of embarrassing when you're like yeah, a new fan trying to learn the game and like yeah, I don't know. Well, and they have the Situation Room in Toronto to try and, and m- like, mitigate the amount of, like, gray area that is. So if the refs can't even decide, then at least yeah. Toronto has but an that's input. that's not for penalties. Exactly, right. So, and that that's for a complete other part of the game. So it's like, sit a ref upstairs in the arena having, watching the game yeah. that is mic'd down to the other refs, and he can have the, like, if there is a disagreement on the ice, then he can at least give his input... Because the refs yeah. can only see, like, the one angle or, on the iPad in the, or just in the booth to, when they go over, right? Or just to, like, catch obvious mistakes. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, yeah. when they call a penalty, blow the whistle, and they go to announce the penalty, it's like, yo, maybe you should look at this again. Exactly. Because at least you'll, you're having another, like, another another set of eyes at the play to be able to be like, hey, guys, um, maybe you should too should look at this because this is how I see it. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe more things get called that would have been missed. Yeah, the trick know. is to do it without having too many long stoppages yeah yeah 100 percent. but i don't even think that would end up getting utilized all that much yeah and that's probably how you want it to be exactly and Um, if if it happens where it's maybe like once uh once a night or or once every two nights or three nights then at least it's there to do its job yeah yeah that's all you want yeah 100%. 100%. Because that way you're going to keep I mean, players safe. You have an safe. alternate ref there anyways, right? Yeah. There's, there always has to be a fifth ref. Yeah. Or whatever. However yeah. many. To fucking in case someone gets injured, right? Yeah. So, just so sit them upstairs, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. not like it. the rule, having rules change doesn't favor your team or make it any different unless you have guys that break those rules. Yeah. It's just, I think the, like, like the, the bottom line is that the league needs to protect the players and not calling uh or not giving suspensions to guys because they don't know if it is or not and then afterwards having a gray area of not telling anybody either it's like yeah. so even the players don't like a guy well, has, has, has a dirty play doesn't off. give a fuck like he's what? like yeah. i did it like stammer i did it last game so and i didn't get punished i'll do it this game too and he did he just That's kept where i fucking don't care going, so about like when we talked about last episode eric carlson popping off you know good I started thinking about it after that episode. Good for these players for actually sticking up because the NHL doesn't 
what is the NHL going to do and sit there behind the they're you know not saying anything and then find these players for speaking their mind because no one else is fucking speaking up yeah, yeah. people like, need to people yeah need to i don't do feel that. bad yeah i i actually commend these players now for sticking up because they should stick up for themselves some of this shit is bullshit yeah it, i like yeah, totally it's agree. just bullshit man it's not fun to watch like we all love hockey everyone will have good fair rules and the game is better in general yeah it's fucking rant episode boys yeah oh yeah well it is there's a lot of shit going on that's fucked in the league right now yeah. but doesn't change um, that we lo- don't love the sport but you need to change some stuff like. yeah yeah it's true and and you know what these topics need to be brought up uh on on a casual change. basis among friends on a like an upper basis between like nhl execs trying to to make the game better because <laughs> this kind of stuff is only going to improve the game and get to a spot where it needs to be right Oh, I just inhaled my water. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, holy shit, choking on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll move on. We've been talking about that for like 20 minutes, so we'll we'll get on to some more fun stuff about the league. Um, Fucking Canes, baby. Yeah, yep. yeah. So Big Car- Steve, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, against against <laughs> Toronto. Well too. Not, to, yeah. not to stray too far off the topic, but um, Carolina goes undefeated in the month, month of October, and, I'm, and they still haven't... Lost, right? No, I think it's yeah. a record for them as a team. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are the last team left. I think it was the Blues, Carolina, and Florida that were left. Yep, Florida and, has an overtime loss now. Yeah, so Florida lost an overtime to Boston, and uh, the Blues lost to Carolina or oh, Colorado uh, last week. So um, they are on fire. And, I mean, we I think we were criticizing Carolina in the offseason for some of the moves that they made. And you know what? Uh, not to, There's still so much time left in the season, so we can't say, oh, well, now they're obviously better than they were last year. Because, you know, uh, they're going to come down to earth at some point. I think they are yeah, playing... they're not going to win every single game. No, no. Like, they're they're playing really, really well right now. Um, so you got to acknowledge the fact that some of these guys, that some of the additions are Dude. stepping up and actually fitting yeah. in perfectly. Dude, yeah. So first of all... Jacob Slavin. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Not playing with Dougie Hamilton anymore, obviously. This guy's an absolute stud. Yeah. I honestly think he could win the Norris this year. Um, but then, that's a player that's kind of getting upgraded within the team. Um, but then, additions that they've made. Tony D'Angelo. I kind of hate to say it, but the guy's buzzing. Yeah, he is. And, hey, Freddie Anderson... Looking fucking good. Oh, yeah. On a team that can play defense. Yeah, he's playing... Oh, buddy. Well, he... So, uh... Not to interject or anything, but they were saying that his Octobers in his career past, like, I'm pretty sure the average, like, save percentage for him was, like, an 846 save percentage in the month of October through his whole career. Like, it's been terrible October, and he finished with, like, a 947 or something like that. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, it's got to be such a difference for him playing behind a Carolina team instead of Toronto. It's, like, two opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of... How what they prioritize offense versus defense and how they play. Well, he can relax a little bit, right? And yeah. I, I, there's not the criticism from the media, and he can relax that's playing true. in net. That's and that's a, that is big for a goaltender because yeah. for goalies, it's not just performing, but it's also the mental part of it too. You get in your head in a game, yeah. and you're you start playing a little further back in your net, or you start doing Fighting some crazy things like and then, you know. Yeah. You can see it with a lot of teams. It is huge. There's one goalie. There's. I don't know, 23 forwards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 22. Having one of those guys, like, it can't stress the importance of having a good goalie. When you yeah. have a good goalie, you can play your proper game. And I think that's what's happening to Toronto right now is 
sometimes like not that Jack Campbell's bad or Mrazek's bad, but they almost look like a team that's like kind of scared to let the puck go in. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like they're scared to go into their zone and they just don't, it doesn't look like they have the confidence to like go up and do their thing and like risk the chances because they don't have anyone to backstop them yeah. in those chances. And the guy was Freddie Anderson. Yeah. And yeah. well, when it's like also the demeanor on the bench is, is a big thing. If you let, if, if let's say you were up one, nothing and they score to tie it. A lot of the expressions on the Leafs bench are are like, oh my god, we we got scored on. This is like, this is not good. Where any other team, <laughs> we've seen so many other teams be like, boys, it's one one. Let's go. Like yeah. we we got this. Easy easy game. Easy game. And and they play with that confidence in front of a goaltender that might not be as strong as somebody like Jack Campbell or Freddie Anderson or um yeah Freddie Anderson right. No. So Carolina very very well structured team strong. through and through forwards you got skill guys you got a bottom six that's that's deep and that can make plays that isn't just scoring so so that's big and then you got a decor that's just so solid and can play two ways pretty much all of them yeah like pretty much all of them have offensive capability and like shut down defense in their repertoire so absolutely no clue how they got ethan bear yeah no idea that's a that's a fucking insane yeah i Um, it's it's crazy that he was just kind of an, uh, a minor addition compared to some yeah. of the things that, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Not um, to interject or anything, but I'm just reading this, looking for more stuff. Alan Walsh, you know, pretty uh, polarizing figure on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, sa- he says this morning, I'm hearing the morning that several NHL owners are very concerned and unhappy with Gary Bettman's leadership. I think even the owners realize it's time for a change in the NHL, and the co- culture only changes from the top down. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's honestly, and he goes on a, like a little bit of a thread. But, okay. Yeah. I actually love to hear that because yeah. I think the one thing that you can confidently say about what Bettman's done so far is that it has been to protect the owners 100%. and the bottom line. Yeah. Well, he's going on, and he basically says with the things coming out of Chicago uh, – refusing to acknowledge the link between traumatic brain injury and CTE for doing nothing to help retired players, yeah. uh, for calling the NHL a family for the de- Department of Player Suspensions. Um, just <laughs> yeah. a lot of shit that he list just... goes on. You yeah. know, like, yeah. everyone, yeah. I don't. I think there's a lot of people, 95% of people say that. How long like has Gary he been Benton. in his position for? Long Over 30 time. years. Really? Dude, and so yeah, that's yeah. the big thing. He was that... one of the, the, the youngest commissioners at the time when yeah. he started, and he's an old fart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's really good that the owners have said that because it is one of those things where his job is basically to take care of the owners. Yeah. But prior to taking care of the league as like... And when you don't think that's happening, then... Yeah. yeah. Well, and so it's good that the... Because the owners are the only ones that can really drive change at that commissioner position. Yeah. And I feel like it's been a while coming where it's like there's an obvious disconnect between the hockey community and hockey fans and then players and like the NHLPA on one side. Yeah. And then... The owners and Gary Bettman on the other. When was the last time yeah. you saw Gary Bettman talk publicly and not just get booed out of the fucking building? Oh, it's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember in the last He's five years. He's dirtied every, every yeah. franchise. And that's probably where the owners are well, getting yeah. upset because the owners represent the community. Yeah. And well, then, then the community point. supports the team. Yeah. The team is then kind of managed by the of what the NHL does. When the NHL does something that pisses off the community that supports that yeah. team... There is going to be a lot of well, owners yeah, that are frustrated. Point, at a certain point, when the community feels that strongly as like a holistic group against that, 
at a certain point, that's going to start impacting your bottom line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like Gary Bettman has strayed too far from what most people in the hockey community see as the NHL and, and how the NHL with... should function. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, dude, the CTE thing, like we haven't really talked about that that much on this podcast. It's like a no brainer. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Everyone knows about it now, man. Like yeah. <laughs> we, some, it's terrible sometimes, but like we joke and we, we look at plays and everything that you're just like, man, that's fucking the concussion. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Tra- yeah. Like Patrick Mahomes, like the NFL, dude, if you want to watch the NHL, CTE, go yeah. watch the NFL. NHL yeah. concussion spotting is slightly more effective than a hundred percent. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like, so. that's not saying much. <laughs> Mike and I are watching the game last night and like are Patrick Mahomes playing tonight, and you're like, "Yep." Technically, it's like, never well, that's a good snap. concussion protocol. Then, <laughs> yeah, the guy's like, knocked out cold last weekend. He probably still can't even remember the hit. Like, dude, yeah. he could have played the rest. I've of had the a game. suspension that was definitely not by an NFL linebacker. Yeah, yeah. and I felt that shit for more than a week. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that uh, I, from hearing just everybody that I've talked to. I can't say that I've remember like I can remember even a single time talking to anybody that I know watches hockey or has watched hockey for a long time or heard good things about Batman through like <laughs> friends so through people friend I don't know. They loved Gary Batman. I yeah, you probably just fucking report them to a site. Yeah, you just don't hear it, right? You just don't hear those words anymore because usually in most cases you hear at least one person that's like, oh yeah, no, I like him. No, no not with Gary Bet. I have not no heard a saying to like him. What has he done? Exactly. What yeah. has he done? One. What has he done to make people Other go? Than... Oh, yeah, you know he's a good guy. No, there's been nothing. So all, all under his management. What in my eyes, what he has done pisses people off. He's only caused frustration within owners, players. There's a reason why fans. the NFL or the NHL has had two lockouts in the last 15 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think like, that's partly because he protects. He falls so strongly on protecting the owner's interests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's good that that's why it's so good that actual owners are coming out and saying this. I'd be curious to see how many. Right. right? Yeah. Because yeah, well, that's the thing. It could have been people that were already pushing for his exit yeah. years ago. Yeah. But this is a catalyst to kind of push that ball forward and get him yeah. get him yeah. out of there. But yeah. definitely. Who, do, who replaces them? George Peros? <laughs> yeah, um, fuck no. Fucking, <laughs> but please, no. that being said, like yeah. all of the issues that we've talked about in this episode so far could easily potentially like get the ball rolling on solving them with new uh, yeah. like a you know yeah, a new dude. GM. So I don't know. Maybe this is this is just like the start of something that we're gonna be talking about yeah, a lot dude. in the near future. But I would be curious hopefully. to see if uh, this investigator or anyone else digs deeper into the, what's happened, or maybe starts digging around. I wonder if Gary Bettman is free from anything that he may have mm, let slip yeah, under the true. rug. You know, yeah. Like yeah, this well, shit, dude, like Akima Lou, you probably didn't bro. expect a Kyle Beach situation to come out. So there's, I can definitely see, like you said earlier. Another yeah. situation, four or five years, that would Man, make this look like that's the thing. Not if you've even been a big the commissioner deal. for as long as he has, yeah. and you see, like, obviously the NHL has progressed as yeah. we talked about. But thirty years ago, man, if, if you, you there's no way you're commissioner without having for that long without Seems having skeletons shit. in your closet. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, he's probably um, pretty it may, scared. It very well, maybe time for a change. Yeah. And that's may, maybe when he gets pushed out, maybe that stuff starts to come out because he can't have his. You yeah, know, I have no Sauron over it. the yeah over yeah, the every totally. fucking league offices and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll obviously cover more info as it comes out regarding that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so to talk some young guys before we 
get off this shit. Yeah, right? so uh signings. Two two oh, signings fuck. quick. Yeah, we we cannot forget oh. to mention this because these are two big demands for two big franchises. Um so we'll talk about the Morgan Riley signing first because that happened first, first right? Yep. Yep. Um so Morgan Riley I don't know the exact numbers. Eight by seven know? and a half, yeah. I think. Yeah. So eight years, seven and a half million yep. per yeah. um so obviously, you know, a, a big signing for a big player on the team. Uh, long I think, term. Yes, very long term. Um, he's still young, so it's it takes him decently into his thirties, his mid thirties, I'd say. Yeah, um, I think just over. Yeah, yeah, like thirty six, thirty seven. Oh. Yeah, or thirty five. I think what, it takes. Twenty seven. Yeah, we looked it up. Yeah, I think he's twenty seven. Yeah. So, um, regardless, I think one of the bit there's going to be you know two opinions on this. They like a lot of fans are saying that you know Morgan Riley, big part of the team, right? But now you have, uh, I think the, the number's like 54% or something, 58% of the team's overall cap is being uh, used on five players, which... So is the Rangers. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, you know... Yeah. I don't think that's an inherently a bad thing. No. it's um, there. There's obviously two sides to every story, and it's very opinion-based because we're yeah. all, you know, armchair GMs, oh, yeah. right? We all are. Yeah. Uh, no matter what the franchise is, whether you like it or not, you're going to have an opinion, right? Yeah. So... And um, uh, so here's what I saw on the the signing was that he wanted to stay in Toronto, yeah, and likely took less in AAV to stay in Toronto. That on the open market he easily could have gotten closer to eight and a half, maybe nine, yeah. Especially looking at how many D men signed huge contracts this summer, yeah. Um, and then one of the big things was that because he's re-signing, he can sign eight years instead of seven, which is the max you can sign on as a UFA. Okay. Um, so he got up to the same total dollar amount by adding that eighth year at a lower AAV, but had he signed UFA, he gets an extra mil, mil and a half a year, but only gets seven years, right? So you add that extra year of seven and a half, you're about making up that difference of like a mil a year difference. So I think for Toronto, it's a great signing. I mean, you look at Darnell Nurse, Seth Jones as two of the big ones that are like, similar places in their careers maybe a little bit younger but similar places in their careers signing for nine and a half at that point in time you're probably looking at morgan riley like me personally i'm looking at morgan riley and i'm like he's not a nine million dollar defenseman but you look at those deals he may end up being just because it's going to drive up the market price yeah so i think it's a great job by the leafs getting him at seven and a half because it's like honestly find me a better defenseman for seven and a half million yeah yeah, I would say he fits that. I feel people saying that's an overpayment. I don't agree with you. I think it's perfect for the perfect amount of money for the amount of years. Yeah. yeah. It's just the amount of years, I think. not. I don't have a problem with the money. The amount of years, I think, is where I'm, I would be a little bit more concerned. Yeah, but, but, I mean, eight years for Toronto, now, this, eight is years a, now, this is a player that, okay, you've drafted him. You've locked him up for another eight years. This could be a guy that could be a Matt Sundin type of guy, and potentially you win a cup with. And I think that's what Morgan Riley's betting on. He wants to stay with the Leafs. He wants yeah. to win in Toronto. That's good for Toronto fans. Um, do they win a cup? Probably not. But well, yeah. If you're gonna know. win a cup, this is a yeah. piece you need. Yeah, and exactly. Say, that's you what let I mean. You can't walk, get rid of him. Yeah. If you yeah. let him walk, you're gonna have to bring in someone else, and you're not gonna be getting someone else of that level. Yeah. For seven for that million. price. Yeah. yeah. No. 
And like, if, you're going to be look, the third, fourth, sorry. To, no, it's all good. The third, fourth year, you're not even going to question the seven and a half. No, no, like, no. Yeah. And, and then by eight years, if you haven't won a cup eight years from now. I was going to yeah. say, like, literally That's what I was your, about to say. That's not your problem. No, if, yeah. the, if the Leafs are still having cap issues in eight years from now. Then... Yeah, well, they might, but as they will have needed to win a cup in between. I was going to say, but, like, there's going to be other changes that are going to be made that yeah. are causing other issues other than what they're having to deal with for or what they've been dealing yeah. with for the last couple seasons. Now. Yeah, so, and I forget who it is, but someone's salary comes off at the end of this year. At, is it Kessel's, maybe? Or Fanuff's. Because they're I'm still paying sure. Fanuff, too. I'm not sure, but that they'll only so end up having to free up. They only end up having to free up, like, 1.8 or something in cap space for next season to fit that in under the cap, um, which probably shouldn't be a problem. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't give them an immediate cap nightmare, which I think obviously is positive. You're keeping a good player. Um, and a core, I think outside of his skill, he's a core member of that group. You know, and I think that can't be understated. Yeah, they're still playing, paying Phil Kessel a million. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. That's a rough one, eh? Yeah, that's that's. Crazy. I don't know. I was just reading this. Yeah, I know. I I saw that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, and then so the other one, the other one that we got to talk about, uh, is Adam Fox. So, um, Adam Fox, the Norris Trophy winner from last year, um, what did he get? I fuck. I'm, I should have had eight these by numbers. nine and a half. No, yes. wait, seven by nine and a half. It was nine and a half. I know it was the AAV, but I'm not. Totally I think sure. it was seven. It's seven because I remember. I remember saying to you, I wasn't sure if it was because he wasn't drafted by them that they couldn't give him eight. It's seven years. Okay, seven years. Okay. Um, seven, nine and a half. Apparently, I'm not sure if this was just for defensemen or for any player. The biggest ever contract for a player coming off their entry level. Really? Yeah. Wow. M- must have been a defense. Must be for defensemen because Connor McDavid got paid a shit fuck ton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, biggest defenseman contract off their entry level. I think that's completely fair. Guys already won a Norris. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think it's a fucking decent money, dude. Like yeah, and yeah. again, nine and a half. I'd rather have Adam Fox than Seth Jones or hundred percent Darnell and, Nurse. Man. Yeah, me and Mike were talking about it yesterday because we were talking about just like you know just the price and and what kind of player you're getting and if you're if you're looking at Seth Jones contract or Darnell Nurse contract. I'm sorry, but those guys are not as good as Adam Fox. And Adam Fox is going to be the number one guy in New York on that blue line for years and years to come, obviously, for the next seven years. But um, regardless, nine and a half million is nothing compared to what some of these guys are getting, considering what type of player they are. So when I watch him, too, really quick, he, dude, he reminds me of two players. He reminds, reminds me of fucking Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah. For some actually, reason, yeah. No, and, and a mix with yeah. a mix of Wade Redden. Nice. Like and Wade True. Redden played for the Rangers too for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He just like a little bit of small size, but he man, he's fucking good offensively, and then just he's just a really good defenseman, man. Yeah, he's some. There's he's a somebody, reason why you win a Norris that young. Yeah, he's like, somebody yeah, that you don't. A. He's somebody that you don't like. You don't see it's similar to like Kale McCarr, where you don't see these skaters like they're these are generational talents yeah. that like it's almost like William. Carlson, you know, yeah. or sorry, um, fuck William, Eric, Eric Carlson. Carlson. Yeah. Like these, if if, I mean that's a different story because injuries kind of dictated the rest of or the the following. They're years all of his Eric career, Carlson's but, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's there are many yeah. Eric Carlson's, but potentially better. Yeah. yeah, there's players that are stepping up and and seeing and being players that we 
may never see ever again, yeah. which is something well, he like slows the game down from yeah. the back end more so than I think any player in the league right now. Yeah, if um, I find a lot of people go like this when they're watching him. Yeah, they just watch him. Yeah, yeah. it's like they don't actually like move. People. Yeah, yeah. He, they um, don't. They freeze when they're there. Yeah, whereas like Kale McCarr is a very quick, like a fast pace, but he doesn't feel like he slows everything down around him. No, which it's... is not necessarily a bad thing. But Adam Fox, it just feels like time stands still when right. he has the puck, and yeah. then he just dishes, and yeah. it's like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's well, and it's like you know. It's funny because both both those defensemen fit their team's play styles yeah, perfectly. Yeah, Colorado true. is fast, yeah. fast, fast. New York is all right. Let's do set plays, set things up. We have skill guys that can put the puck in the net. Yeah. So Adam Fox doesn't necessarily have to be the most gifted offensively. He can just fucking go. All right, I see like five different plays I can make right now, and nobody's challenging me. So I'm gonna make this tape to tape pass goal line <laughs> tap in yep. right, yep. which is perfect for uh, Lafreniere, for Zabanajad, for Panarin. Like, it takes a little bit of pressure off of Panarin, totally. right? Well, dude, and so that's what's interesting. I, like, what you mentioned about the Leafs cap situation. Yeah. 50, about 50% of the cap tied up in five guys. Um, that's a good restaurant. Five guys, <laughs> buddy. The Rangers are in a similar boat with uh, Adam Fox now, Truba, and then Panarin, Zibanejad, yeah. Um, And is it Gorgiev or Shesterkin who they signed? So they've got, they've got a few big contracts. Yeah. They're taking up quite a bit of cap space. And they're a team that unlike Toronto have a first overall and a second overall pick who are still on their entry levels that they're going to have to pay something. Yeah. Maybe not a ton because they haven't necessarily performed up to that level, but yeah. they're going to still have to pay them. So, first of all, I'm curious how they navigate that cap situation because if they're able to do it properly, they're going to have a fucking wagon in a couple of years. Well, but also I'm curious to see how much criticism they get for it because it is an almost identical situation to what Toronto has. And Toronto gets flamed left, right, and center all day Yeah. for it. I'm curious to see if we see something similar. I suspect we won't because it's not Toronto. Right. But I think that's a good a good example to look at. It's like it, Toronto is not the only team that front loads their fucking team. Yeah. You know, like it, it happens all over the league. And the Rangers are another team where if you draft well, if you end up with great young players, you don't really have a choice. Yeah. The Rangers now with these two deals... Panarin and Fox over twenty million dollars tied up into two players. So. Yeah. Well, I just I like just looking at cap friendly now. They have four point five million dollars in dead cap right now. They're paying Lungfist, Kevin Shattenkirk, Dan Girardi, Anthony D'Angelo, and Brad Richards. They're all paying Brad Richards still. Yeah. There's they're paying at least a million for three of them, and then Anthony D'Angelo is getting paid three hundred eighty thousand, which is. Tony. Well, that's the thing with buyouts too. Buyouts, I'm pretty sure, last longer, like on your books, longer than just paying that player to stay with your team for, say, you had four years left on your deal. If you were to buy them out, it might go to eight years of smaller payments. But you're on the books for four more years, you know. Yeah. And potentially in those four years, that million and a half, two million dollars could be could be a good player. And hey, Kevin Shattenkirk. Leading defenseman for points right now. I know. Yeah. Ridiculous. Who saw that coming? Yeah, ridiculous. Who saw like, that coming? That's playing on a young team, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like it's pretty yeah. easy when you feed it to Troy Terry too. Right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, just... Tony D'Angelo tied for second too. Yeah. yeah. Are you serious? So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It looks like you got to think about <laughs> I know. it. You hate to see it. Yeah. If the Rangers would have held on to those two guys, like Shattenkirk's been bouncing all over the place, and yeah, but... Shattenkirk wanted to get paid. I think. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So and it makes sense going on a team like that. There's a, you you get to move to the West Coast, 
yeah. you know, you get, I mean, I would pay for that just to go to the beach. So yeah, I mean, fuck it. Right. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, last kind of thing that we can talk about before, um, before we kind of wrap this episode up, um, Moritz Sider is rookie of the month, which Fucking to be honest, you know, we've talked about how much we like Stevie Y and the decisions that he's made, uh, being a GM thus far, but man, like right now we got Sider with, uh, eight assists in nine games. So he's almost yeah. a point per game player. Uh, and this is on a Detroit team that we've seen at, well, 31 cause Seattle wasn't in it, but yeah. they've finished 31st in the league for years now. Like it seems like yeah, four well, or five years. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. uh, Maurice Sider, uh, he was a reach, I think, for the fir- in the first round, but yeah, it turns out, but they he's picked him like five or six, I think. Yeah, I I, I can't remember the fourth. Maybe it was four. But regardless, a player that is like completely, dude, you know, so good. He's so big, and yeah. he's so poised. Like six, dude, six, six overall. Okay. Yeah, he looks like. I don't want to say a Nick Lidstrom because that's obviously like yeah, it's a Red Wing one, yeah. of, dude, the best, every, one of the best the... defensemen of all time. But dude, like. He looks good, and he also started a scrap with Victor Hedman. I was going to yeah, say, that's what yeah, I was going to yeah. say. He didn't care. Dude, he just, took the puck up, and yeah. he was like, fuck you, man. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. He, and that's what playing in the DEL is going to do. You're playing against grown men. You yeah. lose that. Uh, it suits yeah. him because when you step into the NHL, you don't give a fuck that they're older than you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think we've seen that with younger players playing overseas, really benefiting them. I think, we've, obviously, with Austin Matthews, it was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, dude, also... How many? How long until we see Germany medal at a World Cup or Olympics? Yeah, I, I mean, still think like next a de- twenty years, a decade, yeah, next twenty years. But the important part is, is that they're starting to become competitive, which yeah. is something that in hockey, in international hockey, for the last couple of years, we've only seen about four or five countries be like competitive for a yeah. gold medal on a yearly basis. Yeah, right? I mean, it's I guess it's still tough to medal like Finland, Sweden, Russia yeah. are all fucking so good, but, yeah, but Canada. when you potentially have some <laughs> well, of the, Canada, the best US, players like, saying, or top yeah, probably yeah. no matter what, but you mm-hmm. could potentially have some top 50 players in the NHL definitely in yeah. one of these Olympics. So you see what they do at like the juniors and stuff. They do it at the Olympics too. Dry and Stutzla play thirty minutes a game. Yeah, Sider on defense. Yeah, yeah. fuck it. Uh, they can get JJ Paterka or yeah, yeah. You yeah they right. just need a half decent goalie. Like if they could get a goalie to steal the show for them, man, they can make a run at the I Olympics. I know a pretty yeah, good German goalie. Manuel Neuer. <laughs> I, I was like, were, I, was I like, thought you were going to say Philip Grubauer. I was like, oh yeah, well, Grubauer could be a lot worse. It, uh, that's could true. Be a lot that's worse. true. Yeah, but. Yeah, so just wanted to mention him because he yeah. did get Rookie of the Month. So and, and yo, that one thing in rookies that I completely forgot about till just now. I mean, Calder favorite at the beginning of the year. Cole oh yeah, no oh my god, yeah. Oh, so wait, yeah. no, Calder's wide open. Check. Who, who <laughs> actually? Lo- German, no, I know, I know. But I was thinking, I was like, man, there is a goalie, a soccer goalie that loves to yeah, play goalie actually, in the NHL. Peter, NA- like Peter Check plays Peter, professional yeah, hockey. He in does. England. Yeah, jeez. Like, yeah, he quit uh, playing soccer and now he's a professional <laughs> goalie in like some league, and he's yeah. actually pretty good, man. Yeah. yeah, I I cannot believe. it. So okay, we're we're a little last, bit up there on time. Last yeah, topic we before we end it, and we can just mention this quick. Um, but Cole Caulfield, the Calder favorite, uh, for this year. Dude, get fast, sent down, sa- sent down to the what's the um, AHL? The the, the La- oh, Laval Rockets. Laval. The Laval Rockets. Man. So 
Man, uh, Montreal, like... I don't think I... I thought they weren't going to be great. I did not think I'd be saying this. They might be the worst team. Yeah, yeah, they're they're playing like it right now. And the thing is, is that they got a lot of really good pieces on that team. But when you take out the leadership pieces from last year's cup run... Yeah, I mean, they took out their two best players. You're pulling the yeah. rug from under yeah. your team, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like, you... You take Shea Weber and Carey Price out of the equation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get a completely which, different team. Which, like, in their which defense, are like, unforeseeable losses yeah it's not like oh their contract ran out or whatever yeah it's like kind of kind of screwed them um yeah but i do feel that this like especially after the cocky yummy stuff it's like montreal what are you doing with yeah. your prospects and that's where i think bergevin leaves i yeah. think they've yeah. been a long history of mismanaging players yeah yeah that's well, hurting that's them the thing, dude it's like i'm not saying that this is going to be the case with caulfield but there has been a history of Montreal finding it difficult to convince American players to play long-term in Montreal. Yeah. This doesn't help. No. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't help. So, we'll see how that goes. I mean, on the upside, there are dumpster fires, so he doesn't have to live through that. But I'm sure he's a player. He's an NHL-caliber player. He deserves to be playing in the NHL. I'm sure he wants to be playing in the NHL. I don't think so. he's the reason for why Montreal's bad. No, no, and he's stinking. I saw his shooting percentage is like two point two percent or something. Yeah, which shit, is ridiculous. Which is like nobody shoots that low of a shooting percentage. Yeah. And you see this guy shot; it's like he's going to score in a bunches. Well, and during that playoff run, it almost seemed like he, his shooting percentage was like fifty percent. You know, like because yeah, of yeah, how so, often he was scoring. I mean, so, like you said, yeah. <coughs> and and Just, hey, they're also. I mean, <coughs> as a final me. note, they are prices leaving the. Um, I forget what it's called. November sixth, player assistance. Yeah, yeah player minimum thirty program. days that you have to be in it. He's leaving after the thirty days. They don't know when he's going to be back with the team, but presumably he could come back at any point after that. Right. Um. So maybe things will start looking up for them then. I'm not really sure he's going to be that difference maker for them. Um. But things are not looking good in Montreal, man. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think even just the leadership. Uh, aspects that he brings to a team yeah. that would be in complete disarray like they are right now is just yeah. beneficial regardless, right? Kurt, like you said, it is almost the worst thing that could have happened to them to go to the cup last year. Yeah. Because yeah, well, it's that team that's I'll like on that last year. Yeah. not rebuilt enough to be competitive in the future and not shit enough now to like yeah, get you, prospects in yeah. the future. Yeah. And so you're kind of bouncing in between you're sewering your prospects because you're trying to get playoff players like Kotkaniemi sewered um Caulfield as well yeah. and then you're spending money to bring guys in and then you're not winning with them and then yeah it's just a nightmare there so I yeah. think you might be right I think Bergevin yeah. may end up just not re-signing yeah. I guess, I guess... with him with him not having a deal yeah and this happening yeah. and totally well they're also gonna have to make a decision on the coach man yeah yeah it's true and John Molson or whatever his name is the guy that owns Molson Canadian yeah I mean I'm pretty sure he's like said some stuff where he's like been kind of publicly displeased with Bergevin yeah. with some handlings too so yeah. yeah depending on where the season he might just let this run out yeah. and at the end of the year say alright we're gonna start with a new GM mm-hmm. and the only thing that I could let say this is all I have to say to with this on the Caulfield thing is like what you said the only reason that I could like agree with them sending him down is if for the fact that they just didn't want him to pick up bad habits yeah, yeah. or to like isolate him from that awesome. atmosphere yeah, yeah. and no, that would make sense yeah well, yeah. and, yeah, to, I mean, the one positive thing is that if, still a if, really Montreal, good if Montreal continues down this path, then they just get even deeper into the fight for Shane Wright. So, That's I true. mean, 
Worst case scenario, you know, because we... does Arizona have their first round pick this year? They don't, right? No. So even if they come last, they don't get them. Yeah, oh, which is ridiculous, right? I love it, dude. But... I thought they did. It's going to be like one of those challenge game modes where yeah. you wait till halfway year through the season and then you trade for all the first round picks on yeah. all the teams at the bottom of the league. Yeah, for the exactly. I, think they do. I thought it was only one year. They ha- they I have. think they have other people's first round picks. I don't think do they, they have their own. But I thought it was until can... 2023. Yeah. They got more than one year's draft. I wow. think so. Yeah, dude. It was like so. it was like three it was full it was year. like three or four years worth of first round picks just taken away. Oh, that sucks for but them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chica. Anyways. Um, Chicago has all of theirs. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, fuck. I didn't even think about that. Brutal. But yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, guys. Alright, we this is a lengthy episode. I, we haven't done an episode like this in a while, but I, I mean a been lot a little of, bit why I feel like we, we waited a little bit. We it's been like ten days since we Yeah, I think we're played, we've so. we've gotten like two episodes yeah. in 20 days so i think we'll we'll start to pick it up a little bit i know we've been kind of slacking on getting consistently uploads but i mean you know with us being sick and shit it just kind of threw a stake into the whole thing so but we are gonna get better with it um, sendy poo for halloween this weekend Got yeah a little bit off track what yeah. are you gonna do about that exactly yeah um so we we will get better with that and uh but yeah one thing that we are consistently doing is uh posting onto our socials so if you haven't followed us on our socials yet then uh please do so and another thing uh if you're listening on apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a review um just literally by hitting like the the stars and giving us a little rating there it pops up uh it's literally takes 0.5 of a second to do super um so that would be awesome if you guys have listened this far thank you very much for listening our socials are in the description of the podcast if you don't know where to find us still um and yeah from all of us here at the pond thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week uh for more uh, hockey talk and hopefully less ranting but maybe more ranting this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Year. <laughs> if i had to guess probably more. probably more yeah but <laughs> all right guys peace 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 oh. yep